Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss, your host. I believe everyone has a story that is unique, just like our fingerprints that put us on the path in the journeys of our lives. Some find purpose. Each story can help, heal, inspire, educate, and my one word is to give hope. Today, my guest is retired Lieutenant Colonel Kathy Lowry Gallowitz. She's a third generation veteran and she has served nearly 30 years in the Air Force as a nurse or public affairs officer. In response to 9-11, she designed and executed a never-been-done-before statewide outreach office for the Ohio National Guard to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families. Her practices and perspectives are framed by a master's degree in nursing, political science, and a certification as a John Maxwell team leadership speaker, trainer, and coach. Through her business, Vanguard Veteran, she equips civilians to become veteran champions. She is the author of the book, Beyond Thank You for Your Service, the Veteran Champion Handbook for Civilians. I want to be a champion. Let's find out about this book, but let, let's, before we get started, please help me introduce and welcome Miss Kathy. Thank you, Miss Kathy. Hey, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. really a joy to be a part of your uh exploration and discovery. You know, we have a gift and we all have something we can provide to everyone. And this is my gift to be able to share everyone's stories. And I loved hearing that you have a book, but I want to say for starters, thank you for your services in what you did, because I don't think a lot of people know really what they're saying or how they're, what you guys actually do. So I want to say thank you. Well, it's been my honor to serve. It's all I really ever wanted to do was to have a a full military career. And that you did. You said you served nearly 30 years. That's so right. now, where did you... So you have a business. What is this business associated with your book as well? Or are they two different things? They are absolutely the same thing. The premise is to equip civilians to become veteran champions because everybody has a role, if not an obligation, an opportunity, if not an obligation, to support and serve those who sacrifice so much to defend our freedoms. So my business equips employers to help them understand how to capture and keep and leverage veteran talent in a ways that strengthens their workforce and improves the veterans and their families' quality of life. And then I also help faith communities understand how to build volunteer-driven, practical grassroots veteran connection ministries. Wow. Didn't know that that was there. How about that? Absolutely. Now, there are a lot of people who think that if someone is out and serving and they come back from being out there that they either can't because of things that they have, uh, they can't work in the force. They have to like reacclimate themselves. It, what is the truth to that? Because I know that not everyone is combat. So how do you how do you get someone that has been serving for so long, like yourself, to be able to come back and start living? We won't say normal because normal is like a word that doesn't really exist because everyone has a different normal, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, I think if you don't mind, I'm going to start with a little bit of statistics so that we can have some context, right, Perfect. Christine? Thank you. So uh, about less than one percent one percent of our nation serves in the armed forces, 
And really only three out of 10 citizens are even eligible for military service because of the inability to pass physical fitness tests or academic tests. Maybe some people have gotten in trouble with the law and or weight. So the requirements are really stringent. And so when only three out of 10 of our citizenry serves and, you know, we have had a perpetual war, we call it the forever war in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, there's really a, a, a disconnection between what civilians understand and what the culture of the military is. So only about 15% of the overall skill sets, Army, Navy, Air Force, Reserve, Coast Guard, and soon to be Space Force, right? Only about 15% of the military occupational specialty codes or job classifications are really for direct combat uh, uh, interaction, okay? There's certainly a lot of combat support kind of roles. Myself as a nurse, I mean, that could certainly be a combat support role, but many, many of us have not been involved in direct combat, but quite a few do really support, you know, uh, combat indirectly. So the truth is, according to the Department of Veterans Affairs, that of the 2.6 million Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, somewhere between 11% and 20% experience PTSD. So, right, what, what does that mean that 80% do not have post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Right. Let me um, neutralize any misconceptions involved with that as well right now, because many people live long, full lives managing the triggers of PTSD and or other trauma-related kinds of sequelae, if you will. So, you know, so often in the media, we hear about sensational, really just horrific acts that happen from really troubled people, all right? Yes, we do also hear, and thanks again to you for sharing stories of hope. And that's why I wanted to come on your show and, and share with your audience that helping service members, veterans, and their families really is a story of hope. And I invite every single one of you listening to become a veteran champion and fulfill your opportunity to serve those who have served us and be a part of the hope. I call it be a part of the win yes. because it's a win-win when right. we help each other um, so that uh, we can improve um, everybody's quality of life, workforce, and community. Does that answer your question? You have a lot of statistics in there that I was not aware of, and I am pretty certain anyone that is either see, is seeing this or has heard, is hearing this, excuse me, probably thought, what, 80%? Okay. Do not. Do not. No, we do not. We did yeah. not. No. So thank you for giving me that information. So how did that come to you writing this book? Because when I heard about this book, I was like, whoa, it's a, it's a handbook that we all should, you know, read to understand the statistics you just provided us? Well, there's a couple things, really. Um, first and foremost was my life experience, right? You introduced me as a third-generation uh, veteran. My grandfather was Army. I grew up supporting my father's active-duty Navy career, moving around the globe, and then I joined the Air Force. 
interestingly, I love to share this bit of the story. Um, I was born in Pensacola, Florida. Dad was in pilot training. Then I went to preschool in a French-speaking preschool in Paris, France. Okay, so I was learning French, going to school, and I became very fluid in French. Came back to the United States, continued to move every three to four years. And in the middle of my junior year in high school in Fairfax, Virginia, where I was a varsity cheerleader and my life was going great, right? <laughs> my dad got orders to command a small naval communication station on an island in the North Atlantic. Oh my gosh. So here I just started driving. You know, my life was just, I was just, you know, I had tons of friends. I had the strongest sense of belonging I'd ever known, having lived somewhere now for seven years, right? I ended up graduating from high school in Keflavik, Iceland. <gasps> On a on a military on a military base at a mili- at a Department of Defense high school with thirty people in my class, so I mm. went from four hundred to thirty. Talk about a life changing moment, right? Okay, so some of those experiences, and then uh, I think prior to the age of thirty five, I'd lived in about twenty different communities, and what started to dawn on me and helped me understand that my life had been probably very different from a lot of Americans was at the age of 40, I went to a funeral of a local businessman who died on a jet ski. And you know, it was just very sudden, very unexpected. Everybody was very sad. And I wanted to you know, honor, honor this gentleman. And I went to this funeral and I thought, you know, I have really never been to a funeral um, other than maybe a grandparent that had died. You know, because when you're in the military, you're surrounded by young people, you move a lot. You probably don't have enough time to get to know that lady down the street, maybe who has cancer, right? Right. And then, is, then I started thinking about some of the other impact of all the moving and the value system that's heavily, that's really important and emphasized in the military. Um, and, and and then and then through the creating the um, the outreach office for the Ohio National Guard in response to 9-11, I got a firsthand. Uh, I got firsthand exposure to civilians, to their really kind of their lack of knowledge, their desire to want to help, but just really not knowing how, not knowing how to talk to veterans, not knowing what to do when, and, um, you know, just feeling kind of, we all feel disconnected because our life experiences are so different. Right. So, you know, my, my, my own experiences Oh, plus, plus civilians' desires. And then the other thing that occurred to me that's crucial is that, you know what? The Department of Defense and the Department of Veteran Affairs cannot do everything that we need done to support our service members, veterans, and their families. Yeah. There is just not enough money and there's not enough time. So we need to mobilize our citizenry to help them understand how they can be veteran champions and what to do. And, and we all stand to gain by doing that. We do. And as I said, we can all learn from one another, if not give something to someone. So this book, where can it be found? It's on Amazon, eleven ninety nine. real easy to find. I invite you to read it because it covers um, uh, veteran champion perspectives from many cross sections of society. Uh, it's, it's, I heavily emphasize employers so they understand 
what it means to be veteran ready as opposed to being veteran friendly. And I showcase small, medium, and large businesses with an emphasis on small to medium businesses because there's a lot that can be done without a whole lot of financial investment, right? And then I also talk about attorneys who are doing wonderful pro bono work to help primarily low-income veterans. I talk about educators, both public educators who are supporting military children in school through a program called the Purple Star Program that was started in Ohio. Very proud of that. And I Mm -hmm. showcase um, a, 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 a Master's of Social Work program at The Ohio State University that is is really all centered on helping veterans come all the way home, started by a military spouse. And then I I, uh, showcase a middle school teacher who's very involved in other aspects of um, helping military families through education. I showcase healthcare providers, physicians, nurses, behavioral health providers that are learning about culture, influencing legislation, I talk about uh, a mayor of the mayor of Columbus, a, uh, a, a public policy expert. And you know what? A neighbor, a neighbor <laughs> who invites service members to Thanksgiving dinner and how that relationship, because they both worked at that relationship, how that relationship was a became a very special bond for them over 30 years. And so that's a prime example of how being a veteran champion isn't rocket science. It's people science. It's community. Right. Knowing, being sensitive to what's going on with the service member veteran and their family, asking appropriate questions, showing up, following through and supporting a veteran, just like you made it, that person may be a new neighbor in your community helping them get oriented. And and a key part of the book is the faith community, okay? Helping the faith community create connection hubs, soft landings, military ministries, so that you can, so that they, so that veterans can support each other and people who love the service member veteran in their family. And there's a, there is just a place where veterans feel understood and connected And then this group of people also knows how to connect the veteran out into society, out into the community, so that their needs can be met. I I fundamentally believe, Christine, that starting a veteran connection ministry within your congregation, regardless of your faith, will help curb suicide. Suicide's Um. rampant. Suicide's rampant in our society, not just for veterans, but for everyone. But veterans, again, research shows veterans, Iraq and Afghanistan veterans in particular, uh, about 55% of them feel disconnected from mainstream society and about 90% face obstacles finding deployment because employers don't understand military culture, military skills translators, and really effective strategies to retain them. So that gives me a question here. You talk about the book and all the different areas and how people can be connected and and try to set, I called it community. You talked about a a chapter of employers. How? Give us an example. How are you able to help an employer with a veteran? 
Okay. So many employers feel frustrated because finding the veterans is challenging, right? So I provide sources for hiring fairs and I encourage employers to create grassroots pipelines by going out and finding people in your community going where people live, work, and play. It's a little harder now because of COVID. There's a lot of of virtual stuff still going on. Being alert in your community as to, you know, who's coming home from service, who might be in the garden reserve, where your deployed family members are, you know, just learning to build connections, grassroots. So the sourcing is, is sort of the first step. And then knowing how to evaluate a resume how to use a military skills translator because um, 90% of all military skills can be translated into civilian skills, hmm. believe it or not, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And people, the people find that very surprising. And then interviewing a veteran might be a little different. Now, I know I've talked a lot here in this interview, but most veterans oftentimes will give short, direct, clear answers and wait for the next question unless you know how to work with them because we work in a very hierarchical organization. Rank is really important. And um, more often than not, you wait for the senior person to speak or to um, provide guidance. Uh, So that's just one one example of how interviewing somebody, um, you know, it it might, you you might, you know, need to consider some additional approaches to make your interview go smoothly. And then um, onboarding is important because, you know, when you take off that uniform, you don't know how to function a lot of times. It's very less structured and oftentimes career advancement is much less clear in civilian society as compared to the military. Mm -hmm. Just making decisions and knowing um, sometimes, you know, we don't, veterans don't even know what to wear to work on the first day because they're so used to wearing a uniform. And then organizing the veteran voice inside the organization so that you can hear their concerns, you can benefit from their experience, and you can engage them in all aspects of the employment cycle. Messaging is important, social media, you know, website, communications, and all that stuff. Wow. And that's just for employment. I can't, I don't even know how to even ask the question for family because, you know, families are a big part of all this as well. Well, if if I may make a recommendation to any elected officials, neighbors, chairman of civic groups, um, you know, anybody who is a community leader, you know, talk about the sacrifices of military members when you make speeches. Identify the people in your audience that are serving. Figure out who your neighbors are who um, have grand grandparents who were World War II veterans during Viet, you know, recognize your Vietnam veterans and go out of your way to say thank you for your service and sacrifice. I don't want to breeze over the, the, the sacrifices of our Vietnam veterans. I know I've talked mostly about Iraq and Afghanistan, but there are certainly um, many ways that any community member can can be a good veteran champion by listening to those from the current conflict, listening to a Vietnam veteran, hearing their stories as they're willing to share them because you know there may be some hesitancy, right? Takes time to build trust. 
not only among civilians, but sometimes because veterans, service members feel disconnected. It may take a little bit more effort and good active listening ears to really help that service member and veteran feel that trust and that bond. And then, you know, stay in touch with them. And, you know, I mean, things like mowing the lawn for a deployed family, someone who has a deployed service member or taking over a meal um, at, at any time. Hey, I'm just thinking about you. Hope you're doing well. You know, this, this, this stuff really isn't rocket science. But in the employer chapter, there's some very concrete, specific strategies that I recommend. Just like in the faith community chapter, there's some pretty concrete strategies. But, but really, if every individual citizen put it on their heart to be sensitive to the needs of those currently serving or those who have served, regardless of their branch, regardless of the era of conflict, just, you know, putting on your listening ears, asking, inquiring about their military service. What did they like best? Where were they stationed? What was most meaningful? What did they learn? Where did they travel to? Service members love to talk about that stuff. And then offering how you can help. I have some, so I think I'm going to start asking them questions. <laughs> okay, well, and, and, um, and the, the other thing that's really interesting between military and civilian life, from my perspective, you know, I was a woman working with 85% men, right? So it's heavily male-dominated environment. But, um, you know, the best things in life, Christine, come from having a strong personal network, a strong support network, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. For instance, finding your dream job. Where do those dream jobs come from? They come from longstanding relationships with people who know you well, who are willing to be your sponsor, your advocate, and, you know, maybe give you a by name recommendation to someone that you've always longed to work for, right? I mean, that's an amazing quality of life enhancer. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, you know, maybe, maybe you have the opportunity to meet a prospective spouse be, be, be from someone that knows you and knows the other person really well. That also happens very, very frequently, I think, in our society because families grow up together, you stay in the same high school group, or you stay really in touch with the people you've lived around most of your life. And the other thing that, that really hit home for me was someone besides strangers to watch your children. When, when you're highly mobile, right, you don't have a good personal network. You don't know employers, you don't know people that can recommend you to employers. You don't know you know, people who know you well enough to recommend new friends or new prospective spouses. And, you know, it's, it's harder, too, to find babysitters that you really trust. So that personal network of people, especially who've been on active duty, it's different for Guard and Reserve members, but people who've been on active duty really do not, more often than not, have a personal network. So if you were to open up your little black book, and, you know, introduce that service member, veteran, or spouse to people you know in the community, join our book club, right? Come to the, I'll take you to the PTA meeting. Come meet me at the pool. Um, here, I want you to introduce so-and-so who, who's hiring. Come join our Kiwanis group, our Rotary group, right? Mm 
Yeah. It's the kind of things that any new neighbor would appreciate. So it it really isn't rocket science. No, it doesn't sound like it is so. But I think because we all have our own individual lives, we get caught up in our own lives and we forget until something has been brought to our attention that there's more outside of our own, our own, own eyes and our own homes. And you have just said that. And we do hear about the veterans all the time. Can, can I tell you a quick story about that? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to talk too much if you have more questions. <laughs> no, I only have one more question because we're coming on time. Okay, real quick. There is a, a physician who said that very same thing, who took the message to the Ohio State Medical Association and the American Medical Association that healthcare needs to be more accessible, that physicians need to be more aware of military culture. And he basically said, Christine, that you know we all get so entangled and so busy in our own lives and we miss what's right in front of us. Yes, right? always. Well, now with these 2.6 million Iraq and Afghanistan veterans and our Vietnam veterans who, have, who were just so, who suffered so much, you know, we need to, We need to keep in mind the sacrifices of these special Americans, keep their needs top of mind and step forward and serve them, be a part of the win and be a veteran champion in whatever big or small ways you can. I love that. So I actually have now two questions. One more time, where can your book be found? Beyond Thank You for Your Service, the Veteran Champion Handbook for Civilian is for any citizen. You will learn something regardless of the kind of work or hobbies you have. It can be found on Amazon. Wonderful. And my final question I love to ask everyone is, what message would you like to leave our listeners and our viewers, we don't know where we're going to be seen, based on your journey or about life in general? I think the most important thing we could each do for ourselves and each other is to always be curious, learn, and be the best that we can be, right? Know who we are, be self-aware, because then we are a better instrument, a better tool, a better advocate for helping others and producing meaning. I also, my life's calling is to help mobilize our citizenry to be aware of the sacrifices and the service of those who are serving and have served and their families. They are all around you. You just need to open your eyes and look and ask for how you can support them. My webpage is vanguardveteran.com. Email is kathy at vanguardveteran.com. I currently live in the greater Phoenix area. I would love to come to your uh, organization to speak about being a veteran champion, to speak about leadership, to speak about how to become a veteran-ready employer. I would love to hear from you, Christine. Thank you so much for your time today and your interest in promoting the veteran champion movement. You know, every day I wake up and I say, what are you going to bless me with? And I say, I'm always one day smarter after talking to people like you, because I always want to be one day better than I was, or shall I say I was better than yesterday? I thought yesterday I was pretty fabulous, but today (laughs) I'm fabulous yet even on another level. So thank you for sharing your journey for your service, educating everyone here as to what it is that you have done, what our veterans are doing, and uh, the things that we weren't aware of is how to get them into community, not just going to events and supporting events, but how to get them involved in communities because we are a family blood related or not we're we're all in this together as far as life right that's right create the win-win situation so that we all benefit absolutely absolutely thank you again for being my guest kathy 
Thank you, Christine. I appreciate what you're doing. Yes, I love what I'm doing. I get to learn something new every day. Thank you to my listeners or whomever may see this. I really do appreciate you tuning in yet again for another amazing story of another individual in life who is making a difference. If you want to be a story on my podcast, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care.